Hi, my name is Juniper. I'm physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausted for reasons that I can't go into right now. But I have a really funny story to tell you. So I recently went uh, to visit my my loving boyfriend, Seth, in, in Oregon. Shout out to Seth. Shout out to Seth. Shout out to Seth. Seth. Hi, Seth. I love you. Shout out to Shishomaru. He and his sister both listen to this podcast. Not really. Fuck that guy. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. Not Seth. I just No, I like Shishomaru. Listen, some stuff happened. Anyway. Okay, fuck. Okay. Well, sorry. Oof. And I had a personal (laughs) personal altercation with Listen, I'll tell you about it later. Okay, all right, all right. Um, So I went to go visit Seth because I got capital C COVID vaccinated. So that was really fun. I went to Oregon and we went, uh, one of the activities that we planned was to go ocean fishing. Mm. Who here has been on the ocean? Me. I've been on the ocean. Who, in a boat? Not deep, but yeah. What size boat was it? It wasn't very big. I saw some turtles. Hannah, I don't, I don't Hannah you, you have to be like, I've never even seen the ocean You guys before. are all supposed to tell say me, you don't know anything about tell the ocean. Me, tell me all about it, Juniper. Yeah, thank you. You went on the ocean, thank you, big city Noelle. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a small port town, but I do appreciate your enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's pronounced Okean. But <laughs> I'm gonna fucking beat your ass! It's, I think it's pronounced Ash. It's Joaquin. It is actually pronounced ass. Um, Ash is pronounced ass. Anyways, so we went ocean fishing. Cool. I got on the boat and I was like, we were all like, let's take some Dramamine just because I've never been on a boat in the ocean before. And I was like, you know, just whatever. So I took my Dramamine. Now tell me what a boat is. Get the fuck out. So I, so I, I don't know anything about boats. Shut up. So I took my Dramamine 30 minutes prior, right? And so I get on the boat. And I'm like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fishing. I'm like, whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me walk it back a minute. When we Uh-oh. get on the boat, the first thing the boat captain says to all of us is, do not vomit on my boat. Oh, okay. He says, if you have to throw up, do it over the sides. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Big City Boatman doesn't yeah. want us vomiting on his boat. <laughs> no, he doesn't now want tell to... me, what is a boat captain? <laughs> now get out. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's like the number one rule besides don't like throw yourself overboard. Talk about coastal elitism. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. But anyway, so <laughs> I <laughs> I was fishing and I'm like, you know what? I kind of have to like take a shit, right? Like we're all. We've and all he didn't there. say not to shit on the no, boat. No, well, there's a bathroom on the boat. There's yeah, but like I a mean, little I'm boat just saying he didn't, he didn't no, say he didn't say where for just a second, yeah. Juniper has told me this story, and when Juniper told me this story, we were in a crowded restaurant yeah. having lunch. We okay. were. So please uh, listen to the rest of that story with the same context yeah. that I please, had. And understand that I, I'm i sure many of you know, I don't have to say this, I'm not a quiet speaker. Mm. Kat, what is a restaurant? Can you explain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the feral energy in this room! <laughs> So I'm like, I have, I turn to my boyfriend, Seth, who's fishing, and I say, I have Mm. to shit. Right. Over the side of the boat. So I go to the bathroom, because I'm not a fucking psychopath. I'm sorry, I got confused. I haven't been on a boat on the ocean. The (laughs) bathroom is very small. If you've never been on a boat in the ocean, you've never seen an ocean boat, the bathroom is small. Okay, but what is a bathroom? (laughs) I'm going to shit right on you. There's a tiny little window. The sink doesn't do anything. The, the... It doesn't flush, basically. But mm-hmm. I go in there and I'm like, I need to shit. So I, I pull down my pants and I begin the process of shitting. And the boat is rocking. Now I'm confused. No. <laughs> go on. 
I begin to shit and I do shit and I am being rocked back and forth and I do not feel the gratification of a good shit now, as one normally does. Now, what is rocking you? <laughs> I sit up. I get off of the toilet. I wipe my ass. I pull my pants up. I turn to the sink to wash my hands. I turn the water on. I begin the process of washing my hands. Vomit comes out of my mouth. But... But you're on the boat. Yes. I am in the bathroom on the boat. Vomit expels from my mouth. I do not see it coming. I do not know it is going to happen. It emerges without my consent and with no warning. And it lands directly into the basin of the sink. All right. I have not washed my hands. The vomit in the sink is not draining because I ate a pizza like Again, 30 I heard minutes this beforehand. I heard this story the first time. In a restaurant, I didn't trying even, to I, eat my lunch. I still don't part. understand the context of that. Cat. I did not I get confused. go into detail. All right, so you you vomited on the boat. I did vomited. the captain come kill you? No, I vomited in the sink. I looked at the, my vomit in the sink, and I said, I cannot be this person. Because it was... The one It's rule. a five-hour boat trip, hmm. and this was hour one. <laughs> okay? So I... Scoop my own <gasps> vomit chunks oh, no. out of the sink. No, 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 no. <laughs> into the toilet. Oh, no. And Kat's question was, did this make you vomit again? And I would normally say yes, because it was very gross. But I was at a level of petrification mm. that I could feel no sensations in my own body. <laughs> I'm like, Oh. I won't, I won't, Hannah's <laughs> like about to vom. I won't go into any further detail for Hannah's sake. It was bad, but I cleaned the sink. You would not know that anyone vomited in there. I so. And then I went out onto the boat and I said to Seth, I have vomited. And then I laid down on the boat because I then began to feel very sick. So I laid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I laid down on the boat. It is wet. The sea is frothy and it's very wet. Hmm. And I'm like, I am sick. And he's like, oh, shit. And so I lay there for a few minutes, and I'm like, I can't do this. I go into the little area where the benches are in the very center of the boat, and I lay down in there. Time begins to pass irregularly. And I notice at one point Seth has joined me, and I feel bad because I'm like, oh, no, he has come to console me. And he has stopped his fishing tirades, and he is coming. He is coming to be with me. Who is an? Did you say tirade? Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. He's a sick person. And then I drift out, and then I open my eyes again, and Seth's uh, stepmother is also there, and she looks bad. Oh no! And Seth is slumped over, and he turns to me and he says, "I have vomited <laughs> on the boat. He into the trash can." That's on the boat. Yes, That's not the on sea. the boat. Yes, mm-hmm. on the boat. His stepmom did not vomit onto the boat. Oh. She vomited over the side. And well. then I, I drift out. And then I wake up again because a man has come into the cabin. And I've been hearing this coughing noise kind of in my dreams. And I assume <laughs> that it is Seth's stepmom vomiting continuously because she looked bad. But then this man comes into the boat and he's like, do you guys have any water? And Amber is Seth's stepmom's name. Uh And she's like, yeah, we have an extra one. Here you go. And then he's like, thanks. And then he turns to me and to Seth. And he says, if you're sick in here, you're going to be sick out there. You might as well fish while you're doing it. And then he runs out of the room and vomits over the edge of the boat. What the fuck? And I hear him continue to vomit the whole time. What kind of? The entire time. What kind of boat tour is this? This is... How it is. 
Why does anyone ever go on a boat if this is this what is like? how it is? Seth's sister also did this. She was good for most of the time, and then like towards the end, she started to also get sick, and she was like, "Yeah." And then I just vomited over the edge, but I was like, mm, and I kept fishing. <laughs> this sounds so bad. I was on a boat full of people who were vomiting and fishing and vomiting and fishing, <laughs> and that is just how it is. That is the way. Well, you know what? I don't have any context that can argue with you because I just have never been on a boat in the ocean. I mean, that sounds right. It is. It is right. (laughs) And then we came home. Well, (laughs) Um, well. Speaking of vomit, let's play D and D. What's that? also vomited off of a boat but that's a story for another day hi my name is noelle i don't really know anything uh <laughs> and uh my name my name is fran <laughs> that's all i know hi uh i'm juniper i play corbin and i know absolutely everything oh, fuck i do it Hi, I'm Hannah, and, you know, I thought I had remembered being on boats and, and what it was like, but apparently I was wrong, and I play Slake. Okay, so last time. Uh, last time you left Burger Jurger and your beautiful nightmare horses, but the rest of you uh, crunched into the cargo hold of Strong Betty's smuggling ship. And she sailed you into the jaws of Sertinus. While you were en route, you were, uh, uh, you, you had a little run in with the, uh, dragon come thunder god, uh, which, uh, Torva brought back to life in Ilfra. It beat you up real bad, smashed Strong Betty's boat into slitherines. Corbin summoned a sea serpent to fight the dragon. That was hella cool. Uh, and then the sea serpent was possessed by Sertinus who scared off the dragon before disappearing into the deep. Uh, you used magic to cobble the raft together out of the remains of the boat, and then Corbin turned into a dolphin uh, to tow the raft the rest of the way to Rudval. Uh, Corbin, I believe you are still a dolphin right now. Uh, and uh, that is uh, where you are now when you got to Rudval. Something was terribly wrong. The port of Rudval lays squat on the horizon, a strange mash of architectural styles brought over by anyone who has braved the perilous sea route to set up trade with the dwarves. While it may have been a busy, fascinating place in gentler times, it is blackened and shuttered now. City scorch marks are splashed across the facades, which still stand on the harbor, though most of them are rubble now. The merchant stalls, which once lined the seawall that runs along the length of the port, are now smashed to splinters, their goods squirreled away or looted. A smoldering fire remains in the husk of a warehouse by what remains of the docks, casting strange shadows over your first glimpse of the port. Debris floats past you as your makeshift raft limps toward the harbor. There's scraps of colorful sails, timber, barrels, and other baubles float in the dark waters of the jaws of Sertinus, like offerings to the deep god that lurks below. Why'd you guys make me a perception check, please? Snot dice, don't Ooh. fail me now. Whoa! Whoa! 
There's a nat 20 on my dolphin eyes. What do your dolphin eyes see? (laughs) They see a lot. That's good, because I only got a six. And I got a five. All right. Slake and Fran, you see nothing. You're looking at all of the bobbles in the water and the debris and focusing on on all of that. However, Corbin, with your keen dolphin senses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining, like, you know, like how dolphins are, like, very expressionless. Like, their faces are, like... Imagining like the beady little the eyes swiveling around. <laughs> um, Corbin, you spot an out of the way cove that looks just perfect for pulling your boat in unseen. Head right to it. So you head to it, and strong Betty Wolf of the Waves grunts in approval <laughs> as she uh, come, comes up to you, Corbin, and starts to guide you through the shallow shoals to get you into this cove and into a white sandy beach. Uh, Abandoned crates and barrels litter this beach, suggesting that this was an active back door into the city. But the layer of fine white sand blown over everything here suggests that it hasn't been used in quite a while. As you bring your raft up onto the beach, Strong Betty jumps off of the boat, splashing through the surf to come and look at these barrels. She spits into the sand and curses, and then wipes away some of the sand to look at the markings on the barrels. Damn. She shakes her head, and uh, then she just starts walking into a small tunnel in the side of the rock, leaving you guys on the beach. Uh, 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 Strong Betty Wolf of the Ways, where are you going? She looks back at you guys, and she shakes her head and says, I'm done with you. Strong Betty Wolf of the Waves. Corbin Corbin is a human boy again, but he is on the ground. He is panting. I was about to say, like, Corbin's transformation must be so inelegant. He is, like, crawling desperately (laughs) across the sand. He cannot breathe properly. He has been. Ben is still riding on his back. He's been doing. He's essentially been running for, like, hours on end. Uh uh. Corbin vomits some seawater. Uh, Corbin, are you okay? Oh, my God. Mary jumps out of the raft and comes over to you, Corbin, and, like, strokes your hair back from your face. And, and Fran it- drags you to your feet and gives you a slap on the back. As some more water comes out. <laughs> Mary uh, heals your energy a bit so that you are not dying. Oh, thank you, Mary. We definitely need to pay Strong Betty for her boat, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta figure out you know, how uh, much money is a boat worth? I don't know, but I think we're gonna owe her that and maybe some emotional, emotional trauma. Damages, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's she is walking away. Yeah, from we you need guys. to. She's late. She's leaving us. Yeah. She's leaving you. Strong Betty, wait. It's understandable. Strong Betty does not wait. <laughs> All right, we have money. Uh, yeah. When she, when you yell, we have money. She does stop and turn. <laughs> she turns on her heel and comes back to you it's guys like and holds out her hand. How much uh, was your boat worth, Strong Betty? Strong Betty levels you with a look. I mean, I, I know emotionally. I mean, we we, we want to compensate you fairly, and 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 you know, I, I, we're really sorry about the whole dragon attack thing. Um, name your price, Strong Betty. Strong Betty just shuts her hand out to you more insistently. Okay, right. who has a concept of money, friend? Wait a minute, I should have a concept of money. I live here. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the one with the most concept okay. of money. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a strong boat concept, but I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I don't know anything about boats. I mean, it's probably it's probably comparable to a land if, vehicle of the yeah, same size. It's like if somebody they did, have like sand boats and shit that orcs do. If yeah. Somebody collapsed your cave system. How much money would you want from that? That's not the same, Corbin. Well, I'm just. I, I mean, mean it's kind ha- of. It's hard to put a monetary value on sentimental things. We didn't uh, collapse her cave system. Her cave system's still there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's see. Well, I okay. Would like does five hundred silver pieces seem? How much do we actually have? I have one thousand silver pieces. I have okay. one thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven. I don't pieces. know what I have. Probably you probably not have much. comparable to us because okay. we haven't spent. Yeah, you guys like, haven't summoned yeah. Dawson to spend your money. Okay, should we start with a thousand? Yes. All right. All right. So you you put a okay. thousand silver a, a pouch with a thousand silver pieces into Strong Betty's hand. Yeah. A strong daddy weighs it for a minute. She looks at you guys, and she nods. She tucks the pouch away, and oh she starts. My God, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts walking away again. Yeah, okay, no way, strong daddy. And she looks back and says, "You coming?" <gasps> oh, strong Betty, we're running. Strong Betty, wolf of the way. Strong Betty, the only thing stronger than your biceps is your heart. Yeah. <laughs> So, Strong Betty leads you through the winding rock tunnel in the side of this cove. Uh, You see there are many branching paths, and it is, in fact, a maze uh, meant to deter people from finding this path in this hidden uh, smuggling cove. So, it's sure it's a good thing that you paid Strong Betty to lead you through it. (laughs) Phew. Oh, saved by the wolf of the waves again. Strong Betty. The uh, tunnel empties out into a walled-in courtyard behind a shuttered shop. Strong Betty uh, presses through here and grabs the back door of the store and just flings it open. And inside, there is a very nervous-looking dwarven man. He is blonde with a short-trimmed beard uh, that has been dyed blue at the end. Very cool look, yes. Uh, And he he jumps out of his skin, basically, when Strong Betty slams the door open. And he goes, oh, oh, it's you. I I didn't think you were still alive. And Strong Betty looks at him, says, surprise. And then he looks past her shoulder and sees the, uh, the four of you and goes, and you've brought outsiders. And Betty says, surprise. Hi. I say and I wave. I was born and raised here. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I clearly belong. He shakes his head. He says, no, no, no. And he, he pushes past Betty to sort of shoo you guys back out the back door and says, I'm sorry. We, I can't have you in my shop. It's uh, I, I can't be drawing more attention to myself here. You'll just have to uh, find... Some other back door into the city. You will what, not be using wait, mine. Wait, wait, wait. What, what happened? What happened to this? What happened to the city? We can hide. Yeah. Do you have any barrels? We can be, we can disguise ourselves as dwarves. It's We're, not a problem. It's absolutely fine. And Herb shakes his head. He says, it's, there is, oh, there's too much to explain. And I don't know why you're here, but it certainly isn't anything good. Every outsider that comes into this city is just causing more trouble, and you are not causing any more trouble for my shop, so you can just just go back out the way you came. Are there outsiders? Who? The dragon people. Oh. Well, uh, yeah. What, what if we were to say, like, let's say we could just become dwarves. 
Would would it be cool then if we came into your shop? He looks at you and he says, absolutely not. If you're planning on using some sort of magic, some sort of godly hoo-ha, then absolutely not. You are not welcome in my shop. Get, we get, definitely shoot, don't shoot. do magic at all. So and he, he grabs a broom a and he starts like sweeping you guys out of the store. It sure is too bad that we don't know any magic. I, I, anyway, I hope no... No dwarves show up here later and are turned away at the door. <laughs> Strong Betty shakes her head and says, Herb, they're so annoying. Just don't try. That's and right. She, she grabs like a towel from uh, Herb's shop and starts drying her hair. She finds a, a set of clothes that clearly are not her clothes. And she starts stripping off her waterlogged battle leathers and, and changing into this spare set of Herb's clothes. And Herb just gives a little whine. Oh, and he stops. What's the vibe here? Yeah. Oh I know. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, we walked yeah. into something like a super this extra. Is like, oh, my God. I feel Mondo like I'm spicy. A- <laughs> and uh, Herb says, I am a legitimate businessman, and I cannot be seen with these sort of riffraff in my shop. Herb, you got any Don't spare say that about Strong Betty, Wolf of the Waves. <laughs> and Strong Betty says, Herb, who's coming into your shop? Oh my God. Whoa, Strong Whoa. Betty. Holy shit, Herb. Do we have a camera on this? I'm like, let's put this on the TV. And the what? The, oh. <laughs> Never mind. The very science of the, the telepathic visions? Yes. <laughs> Do you All right, the, tele- the telepathic visions that they broadcast throughout Estra to yeah, tell us news and to give us minds. entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the ones. The TV. Wow, yeah. those sound amazing. Do you um, not have TV yeah, down have here? No, I mean, you know, magic's pretty uncommon, so. Wow, that sucks. Mm. They don't even get to watch <laughs> like, the- fantasy cheers. <laughs> they don't even get to watch fantasy cheers. You guys don't even have fantasy friends. <laughs> I mean... Uh, what, Fantasy Big Bang Theory? <laughs> what about Fantasy The Bachelor? Fantasy The Bachelor. <laughs> fantasy. I don't understand What's why another you're putting fantasy TV in show? front of everything. <laughs> That's just the... That's, that's part of TV. Yeah, it's part of TV. It's huh. all a fantasy. It's so that everybody it's knows it's vision. not real because it's really confusing sometimes when you get it a be- vision beamed into your brain. Into your brain, you can like get confused and be like, "Is this really happening to me?" So they have to call it fantasy, so you know oh, it's not real. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, Herb, do you have any clothes? Any more clothes? Yeah, can we borrow some clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Herb shakes his head and he says, "No, I don't have any clothes." And Strong Betty tips over a chest with her foot and a bunch of different types of clothes come swelling oh, out. Oh, Strong Betty, we love you. <laughs> and Strong I'm Betty- I'm assuming these clothes are all way too short for all of us. Oh, though. actually, they are not. There oh. are set clothes of all sorts of shapes and sizes that could fit oh. any number of different Corbin races begins in to dig. And uh, Herb says, no, you don't. They, those are not. Those are, that is merchandise. For whom's term? Yeah. We have money. We're paying customers. Strong Betty looks at you all and says, yeah, you should pay him. Yeah, we have money. We're paying customers. Why are we changing clothes? <laughs> Do you like living in wet clothes, Slake? <laughs> to get new dwarf fits. Yeah, right. to look cool and fit in. 
I just figured they dry off. I, no, I, I, they'll no, never dry off, and then you'll get that disease that they get in what, the war. At what cost? What Mar- is that called again? Trench foot. Thank you, cat. Mary puts a hand on your shoulder, Slake, and then signs. Never deny them a costume change. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. How are these clothes looking? Yeah, cat. Please don't just gloss over the clothes. Oh. <laughs> Kat, if there's one thing you're known for, it's glossing over the clothes. <laughs> uh, okay, so these clothes are in very like deep jewel tones, mm-hmm. um, sturdy fabrics juxtaposed with like flowy silk bits. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, so like it'll be you know a structured jacket and trousers with like a flowy silk sash that mm. like oh, yes. wraps up and sort of acts as like a half cape. Oh, oh my god. Shit. Um, yeah, and so there's lots of like uh, lots of different like metal embellishments, um, mm. you know, grommets and s- buttons and such. Corbin takes one of those sashes that's like also a cape and just mm. uses that as the top mm. and kind of like wraps it around. So it's like a peekaboo. Mm-hmm. Like think um, the Link desert outfit where he's got like the one one boob out. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. So yeah. So Corbin's got one boob out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I think Fran is going to wear, like, big, flowy, like, kind of, like, harem pants, silk mm. pants, mm-hmm. yes. with some ankle boots, mm. and they, like, are high-waisted pants, and then, like, a little leather top. Mm. Yes! Nice. With, with right. lots of very good metal works upon it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Corbin has some gloves that are all metal-worked. Hell oh, nice. yeah. Very nice. Very cool. Claw gloves. Sorry. Okay. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think I want something that's going to have, like, oranges and reds and mm-hmm. maybe some deep, dark greens and, yeah. and, and some... Compliment your, your beautiful green yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah. And some uh, gold metal work. Mm. Nice. Mm. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. I like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of the, the sash. Too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. The sash cape thing. Yeah. Okay. have that. You guys all look really cool. Uh, Mary, she's got like a tighter fitting pair of pants and a very flowy top with like a Watteau back cape. Like, and she she looks at the cape and she signs, wait a minute, isn't this, this is from Madria. And she looks at the material and she looks at the rest. Look at the material. Yeah. And uh, Herb clears his throat and she says, I am a respectable importer. Those are imported goods from a a very uh, legitimate clothier in Madria. Herb, let's not, like, pretend that this is not a super... Illegal Herb, like, we're in, smuggling like, shop. We're, what are we going to do? Who are we going to tell yeah. her? Like, what do you think we are? Fucking narcs in the middle of an apocalypse? Come on. Get over it. It's fine. Well, they're going to be 20 silver each. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Yeah, we that. seems that. very reasonable. Yeah. Here you go, Herb. Thank you. Herb, do you like my outfit? Do you like my outfit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a yes, Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> Strong Betty, Wolf of the Waves, looks out one of the curtained windows of Herb's shop, narrows her eyes at the column of smoke that is billowing from the center of the city. And she says, Herb, what's going on? Wasn't expecting any of this. And uh, Herb fidgets a bit and he says, well, like I said, the the dragon people, they they were... Strong Betty nods and she says, yeah, there were a few of them coming into port last time I was here. It just looked like... Those regular weirdos who worship bones. And, uh... <laughs> Normal-ass bone-worshipping weirdos, you know. We remember them. 
Yeah, classic. And uh, Herb nods and he says, yes, well, more of them came and they brought their bones with them. And then some of their bones came to life, I guess. And it's been trying to get into Esadel. That, that's why they worship the bones. That's why they worship yeah. the bones. I didn't realize they had more bones. I thought it was just the dragon. Mary signs. Yeah. I think every community had their own set of bones. So they all brought their mm. bones here. And her. I mean, I brought my bones here too. Is that like going to be an <laughs> issue or I could leave them? I left my bones at home. <laughs> Sick. Mary, Mary looks at you, Fran, and signs. It's probably for the best. We don't want you to knock them over. Oh, <laughs> got him! Oh, oh, my, oh my God, Mary! Mary uh, just destroyed you, Fran. Fran falls to the ground. Oh um, my God! Fran, Fran are you okay? Holy <laughs> shit! Do you need CPR? Fran, speak to me. She rolls over and puts her face in the ground. Oh my God! I've just witnessed a fucking murder. I I pick up Fran. <laughs> Like unconscious body, <laughs> and like I hold her up. Holy shit! Fran is like a limp noodle in your hands. Mary, oh you gotta God. heal her. Mary, you took all of our bones for real. Mary shrugs and signs. Well, it's probably better if she doesn't have any. It's just we don't want her to knock him over. Oh my God! Again, Fran <sighs> takes a takes a breath and she says, "Mary, <laughs> why?" I- <laughs> I trusted you. <laughs> Mary pats your hand, Fran, and signs, Oh my God, now I can never forget your sins. Oh, God. Put her on the ground. It's like, I'm going to do CPR. <laughs> I, I gently uh, I gently set Fran down. So uh, while all of this drama is happening, uh, Herb and Strong Betty Wolf of the Waves have been in quiet conference by the door. <laughs> Uh, looking out the window and and speaking quietly uh, amongst themselves about what's been happening in the city. Strong Betty looks at the four of you uh, and your tableau of (laughs) sorrow, drama and sorrow. Fran has has no hair and she's like pale blue. (laughs) Like a corpse. I'm kneeling down beside Fran to check her pulse. Corbin is like trying to give CPR, but he keeps getting stuck on the kissing part of it and just kind of stops and then goes back. (laughs) You're just like blowing on Fran's mouth. (laughs) Blowing on Fran. And Fran is like really weakly like, ew. What did you have for lunch, Corbin? Chum. <laughs> I suppose you probably just like ate whatever yeah, fish like flew in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I was just swimming with my mouth open. Yes, that's why all that water came out when I came. <laughs> yes, King. Uh. Well, after a few minutes of this, Strong Betty Wolf of the Wave nods and she looks back at the four of you and says, "Well." I'll enjoy seeing your funerals in a few days. And then she walks out of the shop. You're seeing a funeral right now! I sit up. Strong Betty Wolf of the Waves! <laughs> Where'd she go? Herb! 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 Uh, Herb! Herb! Herb shakes his head and uh, he says, She is, if there's one thing I've learned about her, it's that she will never tell me what she's doing. Is she going to be okay out there? If there's a second thing I've learned about her, it's that she is always okay. Herb, but what are we doing? Herb, yeah, tell Herb. us what to do, Herb. Herb. What are we supposed to do We're your now? responsibility now. Fran is dead. <laughs> Herb looks at the four of you, and then he picks up his broom, and he starts, like, sweeping at Fran. <laughs> no, Herb! But I lay down, and I'm like, if the broom has to take me, I guess I'll let it take me. <laughs> Herb, you know better than anyone. 
her and Corbin lays down next to Fran. Herb just th- t- puts the bread down. He says, what are you de- doing in my shop? I don't know who you people are or why you're here or why she brought you with her. I have nothing to do with this. I am just trying to survive the siege of my city. So I really don't care what happens to you. <laughs> I sit up again and I say, Herb, what do you think of Torva? It's really important. Oh, I... Tell us honestly. We already know all your secrets, Herb. Is he rolling to deceive us? Don't worry about <gasps> it. Herb! Don't worry about it. Herba! He doesn't know our affiliation yet. Herba! Herba! <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Herb says, uh, I can't say I have uh, strong feelings either way. Well, that's I'm perceiving. Alive. I'm perceiving that about him. That would be an him. insight check, please. You guys. I mean, insighting about him. I have really good insight. I rolled I rolled an 18 plus, 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 plus. Herb, plus. I got a 10, Herb. <laughs> Fran, you Wait. believe he has no strong feelings either way? I got way over 20. Corbin, you you do you see that st- Herb has strong feelings in one direction. <gasps> Herb, I know you're lying. What are your strong feelings? Oh my god, Corbin. Well, you know Herb better than me. You and Herb are better friends. Yeah, we're family. <laughs> so uh, Herb backs. He he goes behind his counter and puts a nice three feet of wood between himself and you guys as a protective measure, and he says, "Well." Now, you're not hearing, I, her look. Ohana means family. <laughs> I don't know. Ohana means nobody likes Torva or gets left behind. Yeah. And he exhales when you say that. <laughs> he says, truth be told, it's a bit of a contentious subject right now in the city. <clears throat> uh, there are those who believe that allying with Torva is the way to rid ourselves of the gods once and for all, but... There are others <clears throat> who think that's fucking stupid, like you, Herb. <laughs> Those are your words. Herb, Herb, I knew we could trust you. I know that Herb agrees because we are agrees. blood related. <laughs> he agrees. So is that why you're here? Because of, he gestures toward the window. Yeah, we're going to kill Torva. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically. Yeah, pretty much that's the plan. And uh, Herb nods slowly. And uh, he he begins fidgeting with uh, a, a coin, and he he says, "Well, like I said, those dragon people started showing up, and they brought their bones, and then the live big dragon started showing up, and all they've been trying to get into the city, created blockades and fortifications. They've been they've been trying to get through the gates of Harad into the." And he looks at you and sees your blank faces as the warrens of, of the dwarves. It's in the, it's in the mountain. Inside mountain. Inside. <laughs> under the ground. Yes, that is where the majority of dwarven society lives. I point at Slake and I say, that's where Slake society lives too. The mines of Moria. Oh my God, from Fantasy Lord of the Rings. Yeah, from Fantasy Lord of the Rings, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from TV. From TV. <laughs> Um, so how far are these gates from where we are now? Herb points toward the window where, uh, when you pull aside the drapes, you can see the column of smoke that is the epicenter of this incident. And he says, the gates are at the city center. The dragon has been battering the doors and trying to burrow through the stone, but so far we've managed to rebuff its attacks, but 
those of us here in on the surface are stuck. There's no other way into the into Asadel, and I don't know what's going on inside the city. So you've been stranded up here? Me and everybody else who lives here in Rudval. We've just been trying to hunker down and stay out of the way. Kat, to clarify, Rudval is a city on the surface yes. that is on the edge of the mm-hmm. continent. Yes. And they are close to these gates into Esadel, yeah. which is another major city. Yes. So Esadel is actually, it's its not a city. It's the whole Dwarven Kingdom is Esadel. Oh, right. So yes. I'm, I'm assuming like Rudval is more like the open so port, the port town. town. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yes. then like yes. Esadel I mean, is like dwarves only. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. Exactly it. I want to ask Herb. Um. So Herb, um, who who's in charge of Esadel then? King Volinth rules under the mountain, but we have had no word from the king or any of his soldiers. I'm not sure what they're doing on the other side of the gates, but they have abandoned us up here. But that means that at least the king isn't pro Torva. <laughs> uh, he is pro-abandoning his citizens. I mean, yeah, that's not great, but... Well, yeah, I mean, I guess. The king has not been supporting Torva's efforts openly, but they have. Okay, I get it. Well, I mean, if he was supporting Torva, why wouldn't he just open the gate? Yeah, that's true. Herb shakes his head and says, "I'm not tuned into the politics of." You Esadel. don't know him personally. I. Uh, <laughs> what well, are we wasting our fucking time here for? <laughs> Corbin, Corbin, don't talk to Herb like that. I'm just kidding. It He's was a family. joke. I was just kidding. It was a joke, Herb. I'm sorry. I love you. Herb shakes his head and he sighs and says, look, I'm just a shopkeep who's been trying to keep my head down for as long as I can. I may dabble in extracurricular exports, you might say, and imports, but I'm not clued into the intricacies of the political game in Esadel. The nine families and the king... Nine families? That's a lot of families. Yes, the the nine families that rule under the king. I'm not going to give you a lesson in dwarven political structure. If you want that, go to a school. But <laughs> Why, what if I could, her? <laughs> Some of us drop out of school and save the world to cope. Did you ever think about that, Herb? Yeah, Herb. Oh. You guys went to school? Herb, I love you and you are my family, but sometimes. <laughs> Mary, science, well, we'll figure the rest of that out later, but there's nine families. Some of them must be supporting Torva. Hmm. And Swan Roxon did say there was something going on inside the mountain. We can get in. I'll just find a grate or something. And Herb shakes his head and says, there is no way into the city besides the gates of Harad. What if you just, like, punch a hole in the ground? I literally have stone shape. I can just use it over and over again until we get through. Herb Shakes his head and says, I don't know about any of that, and I frankly don't understand half of the words you just said. <laughs> how how thick is the crust, Herb? Why would I know that? How thick is the crust? <laughs> All I can tell you is that that dragon has been trying to dig, smash, or otherwise get through the rock around the gates and has not yet been able to. Thank the heroes. Us? <laughs> <laughs> Mary looks at you, Corbin, and shakes her head. Okay. (laughs) So, as you are speaking, there is a screech overhead and a boom that sounds like thunder. 
Herb ducks down under his counter as the building shakes and trinkets on his shelves rattle and clatter to the ground. Once the rumbling stops, he scurries around, picking up little figurines and bottles, making sure nothing is broken. He whimpers and says, well, I guess the dragon's back. Um, well, we've successfully defeated lots of dragons, so shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, we've definitely done that, Fran. I'm yeah. looking, well, I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, Fran, you're absolutely telling a 100% truth right now. <sighs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to inspire confidence in Herb. <laughs> Herb looks at all of you from his, his place on the ground with like his hands full of these little figurines, and he just gives you a look that says he does not have any confidence in you. His family, That's you know, of you, he supports us, even though sometimes he doesn't agree with our methods. Well, maybe we should try and figure out a way into the city. Mary signs, I think we're going to need to do some recon if we're going to form a plan. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, she puts out a hand and signs with her other hand. All right. Recon on three. <laughs> Corbin puts his hand in. I put my hand in. Fran grabs Herb's hand and puts it in. Yep. Herb is like, I'm not part of this. You are. One, two, three, recon! recon! <laughs> Herb like, yanks his hand back and uh, goes back to putting his little figurines back <laughs> on the shelves. Uh, Herb. Before we go to do recon, is there anything we could do to help Herb out? You could leave. <laughs> so Herb, uh, Herb glares you guys out the door of his shop, and uh, you guys are out on the streets of Rudval. Yes. So here's the thing, you guys. I need to rest before I can disguise us all as dwarves. Oh, right. Or at least I need to... I think if I take a... Yeah. Okay, we might not need to be dwarves right away. Are we continuing off of previous spells? Yeah, slots? you guys have not yeah, had we a don't chance have to any. rest. Especially yeah. not Corbin. You no, okay. no, I'm like dead. I look down at myself and I see that I'm not a dwarf and I don't look like a dwarf and I look at my friends and none of them look like dwarves mm -hmm. and I look out across the streets of the city and I immediately go back into Herb's shop. <laughs> <laughs> and Herb looks and goes, oh no. <laughs> Today, Day is Labor Day. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, happy Labor Day. If you are listening to it on another day, happy day. Happy weekday, happy weekend day. Um, just happy day to you, whatever time and space that you are listening to this in. Uh, welcome to the mid-roll. It's me, it's Kat, it's your favorite DM in the whole wide world. I'm here to, uh, you know, do all the fun mineral stuff uh, today. So let's just get into it. Let's just get over it. Let's get all up on it. We're going to start out with a couple Apple iTunes reviews. Thank you so much to those of you who have written some reviews. I love to read them. I love to see them. I love that you will do these for us. I don't know where that weird uh, accent came from. That that just is what it is. I'm going to leave it in. I'm not going to edit it out. That's raw. That's unedited. That's me. Okay. So I would like to thank first Triple uh, A 3 Star, and then I'd like to thank um, Emily. Thank you to both for uh, reviewing our podcast, helping us climb them charts. If you have not left us a review, please do so. If you have left us a review, thank you. Maybe do it again. Maybe commit review fraud on Apple or Google or whatever, you know? It's actually a little crime here for fall. Beginning of spooky season. Commit a crime. Uh, next, I would like to thank some new patrons. Um, they support us 
and our hearts and our minds and our souls and our budget. Um, thank you so much for making it possible for us to do this show. Uh, I honestly, uh, the support of our patrons is immeasurable. Uh, just in the amount of things we've been able to do because of them and the amount of things that we're planning on doing someday where we can do things in person. Uh, and it's all because of them and because they are supporting us. And if you would like to support us as well, you can go to patreon.com slash dames and dragons, I believe. Yes, it's that. There you can find lots and lots of outtakes. You can also find uh, we do a monthly live stream for our $5 and up listeners. There are bonus episodes. There's just all sorts of stuff. Uh, fun jokes, fun polls. You know, come come check it out. You'll, you won't regret it. So today I'm going to thank Luca, Alexi, Alex, and Esther. Thank you guys so much for donating. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, next, let's hear what some other people are up to on Geekspective. Geekspective, take it away! Near the small village of Hartscrest lies an idyllic hollow abundant with flowers and berry bushes. The Warren of Petal Grove is vast and expansive. Hundreds of generations have hopped around its many twisting tunnels. Stories say that this Warren has been here since Loam's creation, and all rabbits who inhabit the continent today descended from them. Humans and other various predators come to hunt for rabbits every now and then, nothing out of the ordinary, and until recently, the rabbits of Petal Grove have lived in relative peace. Hello, I'm Amber, the GM of The Warren of Petal Grove. The Warren is a game about intelligent rabbits trying to make the best of a world filled with hazards, predators, and worst of all, other rabbits. I really love the idea of having a game and setting where I plus players could tell several short stories. So I recruited 12 players to play in three different mini-stories, all set inside the same warren. Sessions are aired live on twitch.tv forward slash Geekspective. You can find the VODs on Geekspective's YouTube, and you can find the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go to geekspective.com for more information. Boy, that's Geekspective. They're so cool. Uh, They're so fun. They're so great. And we love our network. That sounds like I'm being held at gunpoint to say that. And don't worry, Amber's not in the room with a gun. She's not. I said she's not. We're fine. It's all good here. Um, Hey, did you guys know that we have a store? You can pay us to say things. Um, If you would like to go over to damesanddragons.store, you can purchase a one-time uh, ad read or a one-time message to a friend. Um, If you have a friend who has a birthday coming up. If you have a friend who has a holiday coming up that only they celebrate, much like a birthday, one might say, uh, or if maybe you just want to say hi, or I love you, or happy anniversary, or hi, I love you, happy anniversary, you can say all sorts of things. You can make us say all sorts of things for you uh, if you go over to jamesanddragons.store. Um, with that said, hey, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk to Chantel. Chantel? How are you doing? This is the second bi week in a row that I have uh, spoken to you directly. <sighs> I hope you're doing well. I hope you're living the life, living the best dream. The code word is President Sasuke. The sleeper agent is active. Go! We're really sorry. We're, hey, we're really tired. Hey, we need to rest. <laughs> What is this? This isn't an inn. Can you, you like make a, us some more milk? Do you have like a floorboard that you could pry up and we could just sort of crawl we'll just under? Sleep in there. I Herb. can make a nest out of these clothes. Oh. Herb. 
Herb looks around and he he sighs and he says, "All right." And he he opens up a back door and points to a set of stairs and goes, "Don't touch anything up there." I look at Fran and Corbin and I say, "We won't." Not even the beds, not even the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Mary signs, thank you for your hospitality, Herb. Yeah, thank you, thank Herb. Thank you, Herb. You're a legend, Herb. You're we love you, Herb. Member. So you guys head upstairs, <laughs> and there are no beds up there. It is a uh, attic storage space. Mm-hmm. However, there is space for you to lay out your bedrolls and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and you are able to uh, get... A nice little eight hours of sleep. We put our hands in first and go once. (laughs) Yes. Before we sleep, we all put our hands in and we say, one, two, three, rest and rejuvenation. (laughs) All right. So you guys go to sleep. And Corbin. Yes. You have a vision. And in your vision, you see yourself on the floor of this attic. And then... A white hand reaches up out of the floor and grabs yours and yanks your spirit self down. (laughs) And down through Herb's shop, through the floor, through the crust of the earth into the mountain. Fuck. And it flies by so fast you are not able to tell how thick this crust is. You are yanked downward into the warrens of the dwarven caves. And then when you finally stop, you are in a small room where three dwarves are centered around a shrine on top of which there is a knife and a broken tower token. And the dwarves look at each other then nod. One picks up the knife and turns to a shape on the floor, which you realize is a dwarf as well. And he takes the knife, looks upward, and says, For you, Lord Torva, and plunges the knife into the dwarf's heart. There's a wheezing scream before the body falls limp. Then one of the other dwarves picks it up and carries it to the edge of a hole and tosses the body in. And you see, just over the edge of this hole, a pile of corpses. And then you wake up. And Corbin, when you wake up, Mary is sitting up bolt straight. And she looks around, she says, something happened. Yeah. Yeah, it did, Mary. They are performing dwarven sacrifices to Torva underneath this crust of undeterminable thickness. Uh, five more minutes, Herb. (coughs) What's going on? Is that how they're gonna bring the other dragons back? I don't know. There are a lot of dead bodies, and they were stabbing the ones that weren't dead yet. And saying, for you. And then, and then, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Fran rubs her eyes and she says, Mary, what, what changed? Mary looks ashen and her hands are shaking and she swallows and signs. I think, I think they're bringing him out of the void. 
Torvald? Under the mountain? He hasn't been able to get his plans through his temples in Hero's Gate, and... Oh, he, I can tell he's close. He must be below us. Was he out already? I can't tell. I'm gonna step on him. I'm gonna stomp him back into the crust. We'll be right there with you, Corbin. Thank you. Mary nods as she signs. I don't think he's been able to come all the way through yet. The moon isn't full. The ritual that they were doing before, it depended on the moon being full, right? I guess the dwarves probably don't have much of a concept of full moon. We gotta get through the crust, you guys. Oh, oh man. Uh, all right, where's Herb? We gotta go on recon. Herb! I scramble down the stairs. I mean, Herb might be safer waiting in his shop. Uh, Herb is gone. Oh, God. Oh, oh Herb. I hope he's okay. Oh, Herb. Let's leave a note in case he just went for a walk. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you, you look around for a scrap of paper, and you find one with a note already written on it. Oh. It just says, lock the door on your way out. Uh, oh. Okay. 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 Well, I guess we'll we'll come back for him when we've figured out a plan. Yeah. I flip the note over and I take out my ink and quill and I write, "We'll be back for you." <laughs> <laughs> and my and my my ink kind of spills. Okay. And so it, like it looks, looks really scary. It looks very scary. It looks like a serial killer. And I here. I'm like, oh, I don't know where to put this. Where like her Herb will Herb will see it. So like I. Grab one of Herb's kitchen knives and I stab it into the wall. <laughs> good work, Fran. He's you sure really to see got it, it. Now. He'll definitely see that. Yeah, good job. I high five you guys. Yeah, we nice. all high five. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And before we leave, Fran is going to cast seeming on all of us so that we are wearing the same things we're wearing, but we are dwarves. Mm. Hell yeah. Who look nice. approximately kind of similar to how we look. Right. What are your beards like? Ooh, Ooh yes. Mm. My beard is intricate. Oh, yes? <laughs> yes. My beard, I take some of the figurines <gasps> from Herb, <laughs> and I am I put oh them my in God, my yes. beard, and the, the hairs are, like, formed into the landscape mm-hmm. for the oh figurines God. to live. <laughs> I have, my beard is a beard and mustache combo. The sideburns are shaved, but the space where my mustache oh. and my beard meet is, like, a little heart around my mouth. <laughs> wow. Yes. Strong choices. Also, my hair is black as a dwarf. Not blue. No, it's not blue because I just think that would, I mean, you know, Herb is just really fashion forward and Mm -hmm. I worry that I don't want to draw attention to myself. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I'll I'll have like a brunette beard and I'll have some, you know, some some metals like braids with like little beads and stuff Mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe there's like some green, you know, embroidery floss on some of them yeah. to make a nice little, little pop of color. Yes. So when uh, when you turn Mary into a dwarf, yes. the markings on her face do not change. And her hair is still black threaded with gold. Okay. Her beard is a long flowing beard with like little rings of gold, mm. you know, mm. braided into mm. it. Oh, it's beautiful, mm. Mary. Mary looks at the gold in her beard and Points to her face and signs. Do I look different? Uh, not really. Not a lot. You just look shorter. Is there a way we can braid your beard over your tear marks <laughs> up to your eyeballs? <laughs> <laughs> or makeup. Yeah. We do we have makeup. a make disguise kit? Yeah. Let's look 
let's look in this shop and see if there's makeup. Yeah. For Mary. Uh, do an, an investigation check, please. I got. I got wait, over twenty. This is oh, not, thank God. Okay. Is, uh, yeah, you find a a very beautiful little uh, makeup kit in a pearl case. Nice. Um, with a brush that has a handle that is carved to look like a seahorse. That's dope. Hell yeah! Mm. And I I apply it to Mary. Yeah. All right. It looks um. It looks passable. It looks mm-hmm. passable. Okay. Like from a distance, yeah. people would people are going to be like gold on yeah. your face. Exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. Good. And uh, I want to see if there's any like gold like embroidery floss that we could make some like things in Mary's beard so that it looks more like oh. an aesthetic choice. Yeah. Than not, like, yes. yes. That's mm-hmm. magical. Make it all look intentional. Oh, nice. Okay, and then we can go. Well, then you guys head out into the city. Esadel is an interesting mishmash of architecture dwarven bones with different styles pasted over them. You see Madrian drapes in windows that are covered with Danmari glass. You see the embroidery of the ill friends that has been stitched onto jerkins in shop windows. This is very much a city of import and export where goods flow in and out of the dwarven kingdom. But every shop is shuttered the windows broken or boarded over. Is there a hungry boy here? Maybe this isn't the time. <laughs> uh, if there is a hungry boy here, it is certainly it's a closed. Smoking pile. Can of we ash. rate it for free cuts? <laughs> we just rate it for like the stamps. Yeah, for the passport. <laughs> you do actually. You do see a shop front, uh, a little open air stall for a hungry boy it has been tipped over <gasps> oh my god the passport stamps have been raided <gasps> no <laughs> Corbin falls to his knees in front of the, the shop and he lets out an ungodly wail of agony <laughs> what have they done help me help me put it back up right this is a bridge too far <laughs> I helped to tip the, the hungry boy stand too. back. Yeah, up. I basically don't do anything. Slake really just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We're just also there yeah. while Slake does it. Oh. When you get a little closer to the center of the city and where the great gates of Harad are, slinking around these barricades that have been set up in the streets, there are camps of dragonborn scattered through broken buildings and shattered gardens. Each dragonborn camp is centered around a pile of bones decorated with scraps of fabric and dried flowers. Quick, Fran, touch them! When you say that, Fran just starts shaking. She's like trembling. She's like, oh no, oh my god. Mary, don't look at me! Wait, everyone, stop for a moment. We need to perceive Fran. Let's stand in a circle and look at her. Corbin! Why don't you guys make me a stealth check as you're moving (laughs) to the city? not being stealthy. Oh, shit. Actually. Nat 20. Holy shit. God. That's 14. Four. Okay. Oh, shit. You and Mary are in the four boat. Okay. Immediately after whatever happens, I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace. I think us. that Mary and I did like a really big, loud high five after I <laughs> yeah. said that. It just yeah. like fucking broke the sound barrier. <laughs> There's like clouds. Mary's like God powers created sparks. Like. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, it's like you and Mary high five, and there's like a little shower of sparks, and Mary goes like puts both hands over her mouth. <laughs> I also put both my hands over her mouth. And like, Fran, Fran, meanwhile, seems to disappear because she's trying so hard not to be perceived. <laughs> Garvin just is like, what happened? Yeah, you hear footsteps coming towards you. What do you do? Oh, I, let's look for someplace to yeah. hide. Yeah. 
Perception. I got 15. Okay. I got 14. I got seven plus five. All right. Uh, well, I'll say that's enough. So you guys are able to to duck behind some debris as two dragonborn come running around the corner looking for the source of the sound. When they don't see you right away, they shake their heads. And you see one of them is white and the other one is a bronze color. Hmm. And they look at each other and, and shake their heads and, and head back the way they came. Cat, when we met, like the group of dragonborn, were were all the dragonborns that they all have the same scale color? They did as each yes. other. Okay. Yeah. Yep. What, what color were the scale color? Were they blue? The blue one. Or? The blue dragonborn are the ones who had their bones revived at Ilfra. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones that you guys met in Madrid were, were red. bronze. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were bronze. That's how they definitely okay. were. Yeah, okay. that's mm-hmm. fun. Immediately after this incident occurs, I cast Pass Without Trace upon us all. <laughs> smart, smart, smart. Thanks, smart. Corbin. I got you. Yeah, we'll need that if if Mary gets off any more zingers. <laughs> Mary signs, I'm sorry, I'm a god now. I can't stop the good quips. Yes, it makes sense. It's really a curse more than anything. <laughs> she signs to you, Fran, it's okay, you'll survive. <laughs> Do you get it? Fran, do you get it? has to walk away onward and onward and upward. Do you guys follow the dragonborn? That just I mean, did, did we have another place I in mean, particular we were trying to go to? Like, we're that's where we're going anyway, right? I mean, otherwise yeah. we could just try to burrow directly into the ground. Yeah. Okay, so let's follow them. <laughs> All right. At a distance. At a distance. Because this is a recon mission. Yeah. Yeah. Stealth check, please. Oh, to follow them? Yeah. And this is plus 10 plus your modifier. Oh, I love that. So I got 27. Okay. I got 22. I got a nat 20. Holy shit. Oh, Mary got 14. You guys are are following at a casual distance, and uh, Mary does trip and run into the back of, like, Slake, but is able to catch herself against your back so that she doesn't, like... Totally. <laughs> I'm imagining the like Corbin with the nat twenty and pass without trace, like does like a flip over, like yeah. it's, I'm like, like Anne Marion is like pulling them apart and like doing like, <laughs> doing, like I'm like parkour I'm, like, onto I'm, like, the flying like sound dampening foam to Mary as I flip over. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Mary, Mary holds up her hands and says, "Sorry, sorry, I, I didn't have to sneak anywhere in the void." <laughs> There was no sound. <laughs> All right, so you you guys follow these dragonborn back to the camp. The white one departs to go to the pile of bones that are that are there, and you can see that the the pile of white bones is there's something wrong with it. It seems like it's been broken and it, it, like maybe defeated uh, in the desert. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> so, uh, maybe a group of of precocious teenagers had a had a run in with it and won. Oh. I, I smack Corbin's arm and I point and I'm like, oh my god. Go touch it. Stop it, Corbin! <laughs> oh my god! Corbin's right, though. We should try to destroy all these yeah, bones. we should. I mean, maybe not now, but... And you know what they call Fran? The bone destroyer. <laughs> they do call her that. <laughs> I hate you guys. It's Mary, a compliment. Mary Science, it's a useful skill right it now. It really is. Mary, stop! You're invaluable to the team. <laughs> There's no one I'd rather have on my team if the mission was to destroy them. The, the uh, bronze dragonborn continues into the fortifications and you're able to slip along behind him until you are up to the heart of the city. 
the doors to Esadel are there. They are majestic, towering 20 feet high and made of cold, silvery iron. The metal is hammered with intricate, flowing designs that show stories of dwarven heroes slaying monsters, uncovering resources, and crafting magnificent creations. Fran and Corbin, can you please make a perception check? Oh, me? Corbin. Yeah. Yes, just the I two of you. That's a magic thing. I, it's a six. It's a six? I got 14. Okay. Uh, Fran, you feel you you feel bad, but you already felt bad. Uh, <laughs> Corbin, it's barely noticeable. Corbin, there is something about these doors that really puts your teeth on edge. Mm. It's like a metallic taste in your mouth that you can feel radiating through your bones. Y'all, I feel like I'm a pile of bones and friends about to touch me. <laughs> oh my god, Corbin, are you okay? No. I can taste blood and I'm not sure why. <laughs> Mary uh, nods in science. I feel queasy looking at them. And she sort of shakes herself off. As you are looking at these doors there is a screech from the sky and the dragon descends from the clouds. It lets out a breath of lightning which hits the door but flows off of it like water and adds another layer of scorch marks to the stone around it. Dragonborn of every color and stripe are arranged behind barricades and fortifications facing the doors. The dragonborn cheer as the dragon stops its attack, and a contingent of white-scaled men and women come forth with a battering ram to pound at the doors, which shake, but do not buckle or bulge. The dragon takes off and wheels into the sky above, vanishing into the low-hanging clouds once again. What do you guys want to do? Everybody except for Slake feels real bad looking at those doors. Except for Slake, because I'm not magic. Oh. I wonder if it's like a magic siphon. If it's made out of, like, the same stuff that, like, shuts down our magic. Yeah. Then it would just, like. Maybe it's yeah. it's that sort of a thing. Like, where Faye about to be touched Cats by ironworks. Fucking faces. Yeah. Maybe it's some sort of, maybe it's a ward to keep magic users out. Yeah. Ooh. Before we, I mean, do we want to try to get in or do we want to actually try to deal with all these bones before they get, you know, resurrected into dragons. Well, I think that we should just have Fran run around and slap them all. <sighs> Corbin! Corbin, that is hilarious, but it's beside the point. Thank you. Are the bronze bones here? Yeah, you you see there is the pile of bronze bones is among uh, the bone piles. How many did you say there were? There are 12, well, actually, there are 11 bone piles in this area. Okay. Because the blue one okay. is already resurrected. I point at the bronze bones, and I'm like, look at what my destruction did last time. They're still fucking there. <laughs> Mary signs, I don't think knocking over the bones is really going to help us here. Yeah, so I don't know why everybody got so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, frankly, I don't know that we have anything powerful enough to destroy these bones. <laughs> and particularly not without somebody noticing. Right. Yeah. Mary nods. And signs, I think as long as we can prevent any other gods from coming here and getting sacrificed, then we don't really have much of a problem with the rest of these bones. Well, Mary, you better goddamn wash yourself because <laughs> you're a god and you did come here. <laughs> Mary nods and signs, yeah, I, as I said that, I, I realized how stupid I was to come here, but <laughs> here I am and, and you guys are going to make sure I'm not sacrificed. Right? Um, yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. So then we have to try and get under the mountain. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, definitely it seems like the, it would make the most sense to just avoid the door altogether, mm-hmm. especially since we don't want these folks getting in. I wonder if there's any way we could sense how thick the stone would be at all. Yeah, I know. That's what I've also been thinking. Yeah. Um, let's look at our spells. Well, okay, I have a spell. Basically, it's called Commune with Nature, and it gives me instantaneous knowledge of the surrounding territory, mm. and it gives me knowledge of the land within three miles. Uh, oh! Hey, that sounds like a crust thickness spell. Yes. yes. yes all right. In caves and other natural underground settings, the radius is limited to 300 feet. Yeah, but um, that's but enough. That's um, the, so yeah. do you, how long does it take to cast that? One minute. Okay, so you guys need to find somewhere to, to hunker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we should probably go somewhere far away from the door. Yes. Well, not, well. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess Because, like, depends. the door is surrounded by guards yeah. and mm-hmm. also not it's where got we some sort of anti-magic yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. We, yeah. we don't want them to find our how we got in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So should we catch, should we do some kind of nature check to like try and find a place that we think it would be thinner? Call it, uh, yeah, if you want to find And away a, from everybody? Yeah. Yeah, you can do a nature check. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh no. I got a I got a natural one. Okay. I got ten. Okay. I should have good nature uh stat. I don't. So I got seven. And Mary got a seven, if I, I'm calling her modifier two. Uh so none of you uh you all look around this completely unfamiliar continent. You look at these mountains that you've never seen before, the city you've never been in, mm. and you go. Yeah, absolutely. We gotta go west. Okay. And so you go to the western edge of the city with full confidence that this is where it's gonna be the thinnest. <laughs> okay. And you find, uh, a, it looks like it, it used to be somebody's courtyard with fruit trees in it, but the trees have all died. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- there are no people in this building, so you're able to get Corbin into a safe spot under these trees in this courtyard, and Corbin, you you can cast your spell. We found the perfect spot. I cast cast my spell. It takes one minute. takes one minute. And Corbin, you focus, and you focus your energies downward into the earth Mm -hmm. to explore the tunnels that you know are under this city. Mm -hmm. Corbin, you take six points of damage. Ah! As you snap back into your body feeling bad, feeling extremely bad, you feel like you have just like spat up blood. But when you look at your spit, it's clean. Okay. Corbin, um, are you okay? Now, do I get any knowledge? Because this was a fifth level spell. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, you do get knowledge. And the knowledge you get is that whatever material those doors are made of encompasses the entire ceiling of the dwarven cave system. been trying to get through the gates of Harad, but those gates are strong as they come and they haven't been able to make a dent in them yet. Would but you say they're hair hard? I was... Anyways. <laughs> hard. Mary, Mary shakes her head and signs. That was a stretch. Yeah, I was so sorry. 
<laughs> you can do better, Corbin. I'm so, please forgive oh, me. Mary. Please forgive me. Isn't one enough, Mary? <laughs> you have to kill Mary, us all. Your bloodthirst knows Mary, no bounds. Mary came out of the void and she's just she ready. She chose to, violence today. She, she, she's done. She came out of the void and was just violence chose her. <laughs> <laughs> Mary. Mary.